or what about a little vitamin H? Have we you don't have that? vitamin oh. H. We have. Do you know what that is? We have vitamin A. Oh, I like vitamin B. Oh, oh, I think I, I get it now. Uh-huh. I get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get well, that nurse talk. Orange, whether you're a doctor, nurse, therapist, tech, assistant, or admin, we've got you covered for the next 30 minutes spilling the dirt on all things healthcare. I'm Allie. And I'm Paige. And thanks for joining us today as we gab at each other for your entertainment, education, and hopefully enjoyment. This week on the show, our guest is Nicole Richards, who is a registered nurse. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks, guys. Um, before we jump into you and your stories and your intro, um, we like to start with a brief bit of news from the healthcare world, and always something that kind of leaves us scratching our heads just a bit. So there's a lot going on in the world right now. Yeah. Paige, this is your task. What do you have for us today? Well, so, of course, COVID is still raging on. You know, we're on like our, what, our fourth or our fifth national surge. Um, Kids are all back in school, so that's great. Um, But one thing that um, I was reading this week that really struck me that uh, that was so bizarre and crazy was, um, of course, Hurricane Ida has just gone through Louisiana, especially, it sounds like. And now it's like, you know, rain and flooding up the East Coast. And so I was reading about this story that happened in Louisiana. Um, This couple, their neighborhood was flooded. Her husband, they're like in their 70s. So the wife hears that her husband is outside, but she hears this kind of scuffle, this commotion going on outside. And so she goes out to check on him, goes down the stairs, and he's like had been out there looking uh, through their storage, some to, you know, to check and see if it was damaged. And so he's in knee-deep water. And this, you know, Louisiana, you think of, like, the bayou and uh, what's that show I used to watch, honey, the, where they, like, hunt the alligators? I mean, you know, you think of alligators, or at least I do, alligators and Mardi Gras. <laughs> And I've never been I think to Mardi Gras. I've never been to Louisiana, but anyway, so this is like an area that's known for these alligators. So she goes out there, and this guy, her husband, is being attacked by an alligator. And so she somehow like distracts the alligator. I don't know what she does if she's hitting it, or I don't know what Let's she get does. But here. she somehow like gets her husband to the stairs. And she sees that his arm is gone. One of his arms is gone. Oh my gosh. And so she's like, okay, so I got to go get help. So she gets in her canoe thing and goes down the road that's flooded a mile for help. She comes back. Her husband is gone off the steps of the front porch. Oh, no. And so they're presuming that this poor guy has been finished off by the alligator. He's missing. 
I haven't found him still. No. And this is an area that's like notorious for alligators being around. And so anyway, I these poor people in Louisiana, can you imagine? No. They're like in a COVID surge. In a pandemic. In a pandemic, flooded out of their houses. Hundred thousand people or something are without power for maybe a month. They don't have air conditioning. And you got alligators. And you got alligators. I mean <laughs> these poor people, I mean I can't even imagine a worse way to like lose a spouse, to die yourself. I mean, terrifying. It's kind of an interesting current event with Nicole being here because of her (laughs) job. Nicole, have you picked up any alligator casualties? I have not. That one is a new one for me. I think we should do. What is your <laughs> official introduction? Like, yes. Allie, go ahead. Oh, now Who I can introduce our... Who do we have with us here today? Yes. Okay, so Nicole is a registered nurse. She's been a nurse for 14 years, all of which she's been in ICU critical care. In 2014, she started flying as a flight nurse. Yes. Like and as a side hustle. So you were doing ICU plus that. Yeah, she I was, yes. Yeah. And then in 2020, can't forget that year, she yeah. became a full flight nurse, only did that. Yeah. For, That's me. <laughs> yes. So she has lots of incredible experience and stories, I'm sure. But maybe, no alligators. Maybe no alligators. Okay. But <laughs> you do fly planes, helicopters. Like explain to us that because a lot of people don't even know that exists. Okay. Yeah. Well, first, <laughs> I don't fly them. Right, right, right. You're not the I'm pilot. Not, I'm not a pilot. Okay. People ask me that all the time. <laughs> really? Did you fly the helicopter here? And I tell them kindly, I, we wouldn't have made it if I flew it here. I can't. I cannot do that. I'm actually not superwoman. I'm just a nurse. <laughs> I'm just a nurse. But I mean, so. basically the same thing. Oh, right? I just gave that one to you. <laughs> but it's true. So, yeah, as a flight nurse, we either are on a helicopter or a airplane. So they call it a fixed wing or a rotor wing. So mm. rotor is the helicopter, fixed mm. wing is an airplane. And Proper com- terms. Yes. <laughs> Aviation. <laughs> right. And the normal configuration is the pilot, one pilot, and then two medical crew members. So... For us, the medical crew members are a flight paramedic and mm. a flight nurse. Mm. Uh, oh. You have to have at least one flight nurse at all times. Mm-hmm. You can do nurse-nurse, mm. um, but typically it's nurse-medic. Mm. So we respond to 911 calls. So mm. sometimes uh, places that are super remote that it's going to take you know hours for a ground ambulance to get there. Mm. Um, if they can tell us where they are, we can fly out and land and pick them up and take them to a trauma center. Or mm. if it's somebody having, you know, chest pain, somewhere to, you know, evaluate if they're having a heart attack. Mm. Um, and then a lot of times we do interfacility transfers. So smaller hospitals that may not have specialty mm. services, mm-hmm. uh, we go and pick patients up from there and take them to uh, larger facilities that have you know, whatever specialty yeah. services they need. Hmm. So, 
So what's like a typical day for you for a shift? You know, like, where do you go? Where, <laughs> what do you do in between calls? You know what? So I kind of equate it to like a like a fire station. Mm. So we have like a central hub and that's where our helicopter stays. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time it's at an airport. Some mm -hmm. places that are real remote, it's just a designated helipad that we've established there. Um, other places are based at hospitals. So that part kind of just depends. But yeah. regardless, uh, we do 24-hour shifts. Mm. So you arrive, you know, before duty, you're in your full, you know, flight suit, ready to go. And our first hour, we call the red hour. We check the aircraft. We check our bags. We check our medication. Uh, make sure that we're response ready. Mm -hmm. And then the second watch that we call it for the next couple hours is, you know, doing um, simulations and drills. Mm -hmm. We do airway drills. We do mm -hmm. procedure drills. So things that we don't do often. Uh, we practice so that when it does wow. come up, we mm. kind of have a lot of muscle memory um, about how to complete the task. And then we do chart reviews and uh, we have ongoing clinical training. And then um, we're expected to rest, like if we're not doing a call uh, later in the afternoon or evening, because we are 24 hours. So, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, if they call us at midnight, we go, mm -hmm. three in the morning, we go. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like a fire station. You know, wow. we have our private uh, bedroom. So, you know, I have my own bedroom. We have like hmm. a communal living room and a kitchen, um, private bathrooms. And then we have like our common area where we do our charting and our weather assessments and things like hmm. that with the pilots. So, hmm. yeah, wow. you'll have to come visit. Yeah. Do you guys do ride alongs? We do. do ride I would vomit. Well, <laughs> yeah. Don't take her. She'll okay. <laughs> You can she come pukes pitch. easily. I would, yeah, that would be very <laughs> so. Do you fly every shift, or is there ever, like, a shift that you don't fly? There are shifts where we don't fly. Um, it's just time of year. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's busier than others. Mm -hmm. uh, during the pandemic at the beginning, like, t beginning of 2020, mm -hmm. you know, everything was shut down. Mm -hmm. Restaurants, schools yeah. were distance learning, so there wasn't um, a lot of cars on the road. Mm -hmm. And kind of one of our stipulations for like a scene call is to for them to justify you know the the ground provider so the fire department or mm -hmm. whatever ambulance responds to like a 911 accident if it's going to take us you know 20 minutes to fly down there they have to weigh that with the drive time so if there's mm -hmm. no traffic on the freeway mm -hmm. and they can drive them to a trauma center faster mm -hmm. that's what's best for the patient mm -hmm. so they just have to look at times but mm -hmm. um but there are shifts where we don't fly, mm -hmm. and sometimes we're out of service because of maintenance, mm. um, things like that. Mm -hmm. So even when we are not able to fly, we still offer uh, to go by ground. Mm. So sometimes they just need our higher level scope mm -hmm. of practice. Yeah. So we can do intubations, we yeah. can do pediatric intubations, oh, wow. um, surgical crags, things like that. So things that the ground providers paramedics can't do mm -hmm. we can still provide that service even if we can't fly so you have like ground ambulances that you guys mm -hmm. go to those yeah they'll calls in? yep they'll come and grab us so whoa you just have to be flexible <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh, it's like i'm scared just listening to you <laughs> no <laughs> you can't prepare for anything really 
What awesome. what kind of changes cool. have you seen in that job, like with COVID? I know you said stuff was kind of shut down, but like, are patients more critical that you're seeing, or less, or? Well, uh, we definitely do have been doing uh, COVID transports. You know, this time last year when it was like the first big wave that hit the that hit the United States, we did a lot of them, mm. and just you know, the provider fatigue that comes with mm-hmm. yeah. having such a critical patient, mm-hmm. having all the heavy PPE, you know, and we still have to wear that on top of our flight suits, our helmets, our boots. Mm-hmm. So it gets very hot Whoa. very quick. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely transporting COVID patients, transporting people prone, like on their stomach. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, how's your back? <laughs> Good. Is your back it's good. messed we up? Um, my back um, isn't messed up, but good I'm biomechanics, out. Nicole. I try. You must. <laughs> I'm no. I'm. <laughs> all my coworkers are gonna be super mad at me, but I'm good at recruiting help. <laughs> I'm like, you look strong. Come and help me. <laughs> you look strong. That sounds smart. Hold here. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, Love it. Oh. Teamwork. <laughs> See, you can attest to PTs that help. Clean patients and move patients. hundred (laughs) percent. See, that's how we do it in California. But sometimes you cause the problem. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because gravity. Movement. Yes. Gravity. Oh, yeah. That's true. But we usually help clean it up. Yes, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You always did. You always did. Yeah. See? Oh, yes. I have validation here. Paige and I have this banter about PTs and nurses, and she thinks that PTs just cause more work and headache for nurses. Well, I worked with a lot of PTs in my hospital years that, you know, they get a patient up. Patient, of course, has to go to the bathroom immediately. (laughs) And they would call, call, call call me, call, call, and I'll finally come. And the PT will wait out in the hall while I stop my med pass to my other patients and toilet them. Yeah. During their PT session, and I would just about lose it. And like, you've got to be kidding me. This is what. And so. We've just jumped right in with you, but usually um, at the start of every interview, we like to call a code orange moment. So in the hospital, as you know, or in healthcare facilities, code orange is often called when there's some kind of chemical spill, major cleanup, or external disaster. And anyone who's ever worked in healthcare has had a situation that is exceptionally messy, dangerous, otherwise hazardous. At least one a day, probably. (laughs) I'm sure you have so many. Um, But if you have one that kind of sticks out, would you mind spilling the dirt for us? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I mean, like we talked about earlier, yeah. everyone has poop stories, oh, yeah. so it's a given, but for sure, I feel like in the job that I do now, things like smell are very sensitive oh. when you're in a closed space. Oh, yeah. And I just remember being brand new as a flight nurse, so there's so many things that you have to learn when you're new, like aside from actually doing your nursing job right yeah and so you're focused on it and I had a partner who thought it was really funny to fart every (laughs) time we were in the hot sun no flying about and there it's like it's like the worst Dutch oven ever (laughs) oh 
<laughs> and that that was a paramedic, or was that another nurse? Uh, <laughs> well, listen. Th- it was multiple I, people. They're they're boys. I I don't know if uh, you know any boys, but they act very childish sometimes. So they, they're like, I got her today. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, no, we don't have in the Or car. you watch them eating their lunch, and you're like, oh, you no. can't eat that today. Oh, All no. of a sudden, you become like the den mom, and you're like, you, no, you're <laughs> not having that for lunch today because I'm not I'm not doing that again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we so, all know what that means, and that's a no. <laughs> and then you suffer through it. So. Oh, no. <laughs> what about two patients, I'm sure? Have you thrown up in there? I have not, personally. But others have. Yes. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) That also sounds messy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no. Throw up in the helicopter is... Any fluids is not good. No. (laughs) It's not good. Oh, God. Well, speaking of fluids, how... What do you do if you have to go to the bathroom very bad? And you're like... I mean... Nothing, right? You just... <laughs> I hope you go before you leave. I mean, if you're at, like, a hospital, you just run in. Like, sometimes yeah. you got to, like, high-five your partner and be like, I'll be back in five minutes. And then you just run and hope someone can point you in the direction of the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but when you're, like, flying around, it's... I haven't had to do anything crazy, but I've yeah. heard people... Are you, like, continually dehydrated so that you don't... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I dehydrate myself for work. No, oh my I'm just gosh. kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. This no, Paige it, is thinking that because she has to go to the bathroom. We had just had a pelvic floor PT right. on an episode and so I learned a lot about that. Like how much people should be urinating in a oh, day. I probably should and how to that. long <laughs> you should be urinating and oh. don't go on the first urge kind of thing. Bladder training anyway. Yeah. So that <laughs> well, and when you're busy and you're having like this total adrenaline rush yeah. with a really sick patient, you yeah, just right. it's like fight or flight, you know. Right. You but just, then you get like nervous where yes. you have to go pee, or you're <laughs> yes. like you're not there yet, and they tell you some like crazy thing you're about to show up to, and you're like, I gotta go pee. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. I'd be like, Hold on, you guys, start CPR. I'll be right there. <laughs> You guys, that's what you always say. You guys, I really have to go. (laughs) Yeah. Let me go run into the ER and you guys just keep going with CPR and I'll be right back. Sounds like you couldn't hang with a fly along either. Oh, no. I already (laughs) know. I mean. (laughs) She would be like, do a catheter up here. (laughs) I'd be a nervous wreck. Like, where do we stop next? scary flight situations like weather or turbulence yeah tur- <laughs> turbulence is crazy sometimes because you can anticipate it but sometimes when it hits you're just like okay oh i want out yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's worse than a helicopter right um i mean for the most part flying in the helicopter really is very smooth mm. thanks to all my excellent pilots oh. who are listening Plug that in. <laughs> Give them a round of applause. <laughs> Most cool. of them do a great job. Oh, 
cool. No, they're they're great. But when you're flying like over the mountains and stuff, mm-hmm. it, it gets super bumpy. Or like flying through any like pass that has windmills in it. Oh. There's wind. That's why the windmills are there. They're like, this is really bumpy. And oh like, man. you get there really fast and then you come home really slow because wow. you're, you know, going against the wind. But Do any patients like freak out when they're in there? Yeah. I mean, some people will straight up tell me like, I don't want to fly. And so you kind of have to explain to them like, well, this is really time sensitive. And I know you are scared, but, you know. Can you give them meds to like? knock them out yeah we have meds we can give meds for anxiety for pain for nausea for we we're like a mobile icu so amazing i mean so if it got real bad you could just absolutely yeah and most of the time if we have two seconds i'm like do you get motion sickness yes cool you're getting zofran yes yeah as far as like dangerous things i mean flying around is dangerous in in and of itself so Sometimes when we're landing, you know, there's people around or animals, and you gotta always be like head on a swivel because some people do things that would not make sense to you. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So, see, I couldn't do it, and I every time I fly, I ask my husband if we're gonna die. Oh gosh, Sally. <laughs> She needs some. She has a vitamin A deficiency. Oh my god! I wish it would be great to travel with that. (laughs) But yeah, that's what you do is incredible. I guess you're just crazy enough to do it. (laughs) What do you do if you can't get an IV start? Uh, You just keep going and going and going. So we do like interosseous. So oh. we have we have those we could put those in. If, um, but you're like, you're starting a peripheral one first. That's your first attempt. As long as they have a pulse. Yeah. You know, if they don't, <laughs> start put an interosseous in so you yeah, can yeah. give meds just real quick. How often would you say people code on the plane with you? Um, we try to make it zero. So. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes they're just so critical. We have to get moving yeah um and unfortunately it does happen but it's not really um you know if if we're picking up from like a small hospital Mm -hmm. we feel like it's eminent we may kind of see if there's anything else we can do to stabilize before we go Mm -hmm. um but obviously like if it's a 911 call and it's like we said like a traumatic arrest Mm -hmm. they you know we could pick them up and they're not doing well and they could arrest in route so if that Mm. does happen you know you never know but yeah. Can people, like family members, go with you guys if you pick somebody up from like like a desert accident or something? Um, most of the time, uh, we like if it's a pediatric patient, we will always try to take a parent mm-hmm. as long as it's safe, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that they're not in a bad mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not intoxicated or mm-hmm. irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's an adult, we usually um, don't take a rider. Mm-hmm. But you know, we can evaluate it. Like if it's mm. something like, you know, I have no, I'm not from here. My mm-hmm. car's not here, mm-hmm. you know, and we have the ability to do it for like weight, mm-hmm. you know, cause each person you have to, you have to tell how much you weigh to go <laughs> flying around. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So I'm out. <laughs> no. You're <laughs> fine. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So you, get, you get real comfortable fast. They're like, how much do you weigh? You're like, 
what? Hi, and I'm, don't my lie. name's Nicole. And they're like, yeah, I know. How much do you weigh? You're like, eh, I have to tell you that right now. I just met you. So my Every name's woman's Nicole. lovely. <laughs> yeah. So have you what? ever been over the flight, like, weight limit and how to do anything about that? Um, so our pilots do a really good job, like, calculating, like, mm-hmm. the fuel we have and other, you know, aviation things to say, like, from where we're lifting, we should be able to take this heavy of a patient. Mm-hmm. So if we get somewhere and the patient is heavier, um, what they'll do sometimes is they'll turn the helicopter on and burn fuel. Mm-hmm. So they'll burn fuel down so that mm-hmm. it's lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but if for some reason, mm-hmm. yeah, if for some reason your eyes are, <laughs> I would out. be like a really mortified. Calculation. <laughs> and I would be mortified <laughs> if I was like going to get picked out of the no, line. She's too heavy. <laughs> we gotta burn that fuel. <laughs> you can't bring that lunch. It is too heavy. <laughs> like. She's actually not 150. <laughs> no, it oh. would be fine. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, no. That would be There's so, so no. many factors into just your daily life. You're scared of dying, and then you're getting told you're too fat. <laughs> I don't think they probably tell the patient. No, we would make a, we would figure it out. Like, or they t- do they ever tell the employees they're too fat? We do have a weight limit for our employees. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what? What is it? Do you have to do a physical test? We do have to do a physical <gasps> test. <laughs> and what is the weight limit to be an employee? I believe it's 220. Okay. Yeah. And is, is there a mile run? <laughs> There's not a mile run. It's Are there a body drag? Pull-ups? No. It's, not, <laughs> it's nothing crazy. I it's like fail a, that for It's like sure. a physical, and then you have to be able to lift, I think, 75 pounds. What about your BMI? (laughs) (laughs) Paige, why are you trying to leave? It sounds like you're really... (laughs) I'll leave you an application. I think I would would, like fail. (laughs) Too much, too fat. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Could you lift 75 pounds? Probably. You could lift 75 pounds. Because I have two kids. I mean, you know, I could do it. You lift them at the well, same time <laughs> to equal 75 pounds? No. Mm. I think I could do that part. You'd be fine. With <laughs> adrenaline, maybe. Okay, so here's <laughs> another question for you. I think everyone wants to know, mm. like, what are some really memorable flights you've been on? You know, like, of course, being anonymous and... Yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, we've had... I've had... Uh, a couple flights where I get to see the patient afterwards. Hmm. And that's something like you don't get in healthcare most of the time, especially mm-hmm. like yeah. emergency medicine, mm-hmm. ICU. Sometimes you just don't get to see them. Hmm. So I did have a memorable uh, one where uh, we picked up a patient who needed an organ transplant, but hmm. she was very sick and we were able to get her and we, um, brought her spouse because mm-hmm. we were uh, going pretty long distance mm-hmm. and we brought them and she had you know a long recovery at the receiving hospital but then I think a couple years later we got to reunite and that Aww. was super cool wow. really very very cool Aww. and she's doing she's thriving I love it wow <laughs> so cool yeah so oh you just gave me chills oh. <laughs> I love it 
So we get to do stuff like that. Um, You know, I know some of the other teams and the crews have have met patients that they transported. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of cool to do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What made you want to go into like ICU medicine and this whole flight nurse Um, thing? And how did you find out about it? I feel like a lot of people don't even know that that path kind of exists. So I think subliminally I knew about it because mm-hmm. um, a family member was airlifted and I didn't really even put two and two together for like years mm-hmm. that that was like in the back of my mind mm-hmm. that you could do this kind of mm-hmm. nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember specifically when I was working in the ICU, I had this super sick patient and they needed to go to a special specialty cardiac center mm-hmm. and it was my only patient and I was super stressed out cause it was like very time sensitive, mm-hmm. very sick. And they, the flight crew came in to pick her up and take her to the specialty center. And they just was like, it was like, they were just walking on water. They were just like, hi. Oh, they were so casual. Mm, and I was really? like, how can you be so relaxed right now? <laughs> and they're like, Oh, it's fine. They were like, just wow. such a calming effect and mm-hmm. I was like wow how do you how do you get to that like mental mm-hmm. state where you can just kind of take yourself out of it and you're just like okay you know we'll do ABC mm-hmm. one two three they were very systematic but they were very you know able to have a conversation with me and I'm like okay well let me get you the medication <laughs> to go and they're like oh sure can I get a quick signature and you're just like what <laughs> How can you think about signing paperwork right now? <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. um, but I did get like two seconds to to grab the flight nurse, and I was yeah. like, "Hey, how do you do this job?" Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, go online." I'm like, "Okay, cool, thanks." Was it for the same company you work for now? Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and and then, then how long after that? Well, so did like you, like apply? a year after that, she, she came back and she brought us a patient, mm. and so the roles were a little bit reversed Mm -hmm. and we took over the patient Mm -hmm. and, you know, stabilized him. And then she's there, you know, finishing up her paperwork. And I went up to her and I was like, Hey, I don't know if you remember me, Mm -hmm. but I bugged you the last time you were here. Yeah. And she's like, I totally remember you. Here's my card. Come and do a ride along. And then it was like, I was addicted. Like all I would do was like go online and check job postings and figure out what certs I needed and all that stuff. So, wow. I was like, I want to do this. And then, you know, and half my you... friends thought I was crazy. And the other half were like, cool, I'm going to come with you. <laughs> and are you calm now? Like, is it second nature I to you? I think I am. Like it was to her? I felt like you were like on the ICU. Maybe that was on the inside. I felt like that. Because <laughs> okay. on the outside, you were that calm, cool, collected person. I'm like, Nicole, do you see that number up there? You're like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Which is also typical of PTAs. I mean PTs. You know, they, when you move them, numbers change drastically sometimes. I know. So. And, and I think nurses are like, you're still, look at your, their color. They're f- totally fine. Yeah. They're like, don't move my patient and their numbers won't change. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, so goodness. Yeah. Wow. Looking for
forward the next two, five, ten years, uh, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges for healthcare, whether that's personally, professionally, culturally, economically? What, what do you see out there, especially in your field? You see things very differently than some of us. So, I mean, I think right now, you mm-hmm. know, as far as healthcare, it's just there's so much provider fatigue, mm-hmm. and then. Obviously, the elephant in the room is the vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. So mm. it's hard to tell what that's going to look like, but I know it's going to change things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, healthcare is still run like a business. Yeah. So mm. when the economy changes, that changes too. So, mm-hmm. you know, specifically, I don't know what that's going to look like, but, you know, you can already see, you know, like small businesses getting eaten up by larger corporations, and that mm-hmm. happens at any level. So, right. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think economically healthcare will definitely be changing for sure. <laughs> well, oh. you're fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing a little insight into what you do for all of us, and thank you for what you do. Thank you. I, I'm um, sure people don't even know to thank you. Oh my you know, goodness. I, you know, we we all are part of this yeah. big industry, so I think yeah. all of us play a a role yeah so I'm just a little piece but enjoy it so thank you for having me that's good to know people like you exist if I ever <laughs> oh kidding I want you to come if I'm in trouble <laughs> you will get yes. all the vitamins <laughs> thank you she's deficient okay <laughs> I'm gonna need it I'll make sure okay. you'll be fine Thank you once again for joining us here on Code Orange, the podcast that spills all the dirtiest stuff in the healthcare world. Please take a minute to like, rate, review our show on whatever platform you're listening. And thank you again, Nicole, for joining us today. You have to tell how much you weigh to go flying around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm out. (laughs) No. (laughs) Please. You're fine. All right, so just be you, <laughs> just be you, girl, because you're funny. And we've done like five of these, and I get nervous every time, so don't worry. I'm nervous, that too. That should not, that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs>